0: I
1: V M Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today with us, we have Dr. Altamar Sheik. Now, we did another episode with him where we were talking about thyroid health and hypothyroidism. This episode, we're going to cover hyperthyroidism. So if you haven't heard the first episode, go listen to that as well, because he explains what is the function of the thyroid in that. So, it's thyroid awareness month, and it's critical that we learn about this gland because it is such an important one. It plays a very important role in our body. So, let's jump into the podcast. So, doctor, we've understood about hypothyroidism. What about hyperthyroidism? How is that different, and what changes in the body at that point of time?
0: Yeah, sure. So, I think that's a very important question. Again, on the other spectrum, when the thyroid gland is making more T3 and more T4, Now, this is the time where whatever I have said, the function of thyroid gland earlier in my hypothyroid podcast, here people have to understand that everything that thyroid was doing now will be at a faster pace and at a much faster rate. So there is too much of fast heartbeat. People may feel palpitations. So maybe at times the sleep is disturbed because the heart rate may be as fast. They might just get up with a thud in the chest and they land up in emergency departments and casualties thinking that it's a heart attack that they got. But only on investigation, then we try to confirm that, yes, it is a thyroid which is causing the heart rate so fast, so palpitation. Then excessive body heat is produced as we were talking. So a lot of sweating. Their complaint is that, doctor, we are sweating. My sweat is smelling differently and I am profusely sweating and I have become heat intolerant. So that may be one presenting complaint that I'm just not able to understand why there is so much of sweating. There could be tremors, fine tremors of the hands. Their hands can just tremor and they could be like, I'm not able to write what I used to. My bank called me saying that my checks are not of the same signature. These are usual stories which we get it from the patient that sometimes the school teacher sends back that your children's handwriting has changed. Or a person is not able to drive or put the brake at some time. In severe cases, it's not only the hand, but it's also about the legs and sometimes the neck also may be shaky. So, palpitation, sweating, tremors. Now, because everything is happening at the fast rate, Whatever the person may eat, the person may feel like going for doing latrine. So faster rate of defecation. Similarly, since everything is happening so fast, in spite of a good appetite, the patient will be eating more, but there will be weight loss because the proteins are also getting catabolized very fast. So we've had a lot of patients, those who were weighing 100, 120, 140 kg, they come back with weight loss of 10, 20, 30, 40 kg, thinking that they are losing weight voluntarily, but it might be actually it is because of the disease weight. So all the weight loss may not be a good news all the time. So this is one disease that with which good appetite, a patient will be losing weight. It
1: actually be muscle loss that is happening at this point of yes, time, not it is a actually fat loss. loss.
0: Yes, it protein. is a muscle loss properly. And there is a visible change in appearance. We have had so many patients that They say, doctor, I'm not able to recognize myself. The facial muscle loss can... These are, of course, those uh, cases where people thought that it is good that they're losing weight, but it's usually the identity photo which is not being recognized by securities. And then they say that, okay, you need to see a doctor Wow, like that. So apart from this, you have bone pain, there can be joint pain. And also, as I said, all systems get activated So is your brain. So extreme irritability, extreme maniac phase may happen in some patient. A lot of anger, a lot of agitation, a lot of irritation. Some people land up with psychiatry department. It's the other way. Then the psychiatrist does the t 3 t 4 tsh the blood test, and then we uh, take it from there. So this is hyperthyroidism. Sex differences are also there in this. So for a lady, the menses would be uh, shut because of the changes are happening so fast that there may not be menses. There may be it's, it's only mild spotting. In hypothyroidism, it was the reverse. There can be difficulty in conceiving. There can be abortions in some patients. And because of too rapid thing, there can be erectile dysfunction in men also. There, uh, there can be changes in the voice in uh, some patients. Now, hyperthyroidism may also happen in some patients because of swelling of the gland or because of small, small swelling or a multinodular goiter also. But this is also possible. As I was telling you in our earlier podcast that it couldn't come with either a normal thyroid swelling or a goiter proper full or single nodule or multiple nodules. So it could be through any ways that these things can take place. There is generally a family history of thyroid disorder there may be some history of eyes popping out with hyperthyroidism. 20 to 30% of the people actually have first problems in the eyes. The eyes are staring and glaring. Some people come with pain in the eye or pain behind the globe of the eye. Or some people come with blurry vision. Now this can be an emergency for thyroid when eyes are involved. So that's why you need a lot of times we get patients from the ophthalmologist that you need to see an endocrinologist and get your thyroid sorted. Nothing is the problem in the eye Problem is in the blood test and that's what you need to look at. It can cause skin uh, vitiligo issues also. So skin, there can be white patches, there can be itching of the skin, there can be brownies, swelling, swollen lesions over the shin or the foot of the legs. So this is where we can get hyperthyroidism. Generally, to treat this, we have two types of treatment. One is to first reduce the rate of whatever is being high, especially the heart rate and the tremors that we discussed. And part two of the question, how do we reduce the production of thyroid hormones itself? So that's called as the anti-thyroid tablet or the thyroid reducing treatment. So that can be of three types again. It could be a tablet, as I said earlier, antithyroid drugs, or it could be a radioactive iodine treatment where we try to quieten the thyroid by giving the iodine dose. Or if there is too much of compression or too much of swelling over the neck, then we may want to remove it. Every patient may not be fit for either of the three. That is decided on an individual basis as per your case and as per your stage of disease. But these three things are available. And it is very important for the patient and the family to sit with your endocrinologist and discuss out which is the best option for you and then move ahead in time and take that kind of a treatment. Protection of the eye if hyperthyroidism has come with that is again very important. And we need to get that into perspective. And with reduction of heart rate and reduction of tremors, maybe we, we call the patient either uh, maybe first time, first 30 days or six weeks, depending upon how much dose it was started. And then we take it from there. And improvement is dramatic. The patient starts regaining their all functions of all the systems and it's a gratification of treatment the patient feels more happy, the doctor feels happy, and everybody's like, oh, you're regaining, you're becoming something back to normal, what you were. And that's how it's the day. And I think uh, that's was one I of the I think this small... is such an
1: important message, right? Because yeah. most people get so caught up in the fact saying, oh my God, now I have thyroid. And that's the right. phrase that they use, right? I have thyroid. But not right. realizing that you can, whether you have hypo or hyperthyroid, get it back to normal. And like you said, that you can feel normal again. Right. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. Doctor, you know, when you were talking about hyperthyroidism, I was having this thought saying that, is this what happens when it becomes an extreme? You know, like you said, the eyes popping out. Does it sneak up on you? Does it give you little, little signs when it starts going haywire? What are the little signs that you can look at before it becomes something that is as scary as some of the things that you described?
0: So 15 to 30% of people may have only dry eyes. They may have watering of the eyes. They may have pain in the eye, pain behind the eye. They may have redness of the eye or they may actually have some swelling of the eye. So these are subtle signs where you should actually check for thyroid rather than checking the number. So, especially young people, uh, they should be looking into that. Now, because of uh, this lockdown and COVID, a lot of people have got eye numbers. So, because they are going and, they, and of course, it's a triggering uh, event. So, some people have got their thyroid also tested and some people have been found to have. As I said, health check can be sometimes really good and health check can be sometimes really the opposite. So, to pick up those subtle signs, even from the blood test, of course, we can do it as endocrinologists. Apart from only eyes, as I said, even skin gives a lot of hints towards thyroid. So that's important. As I use the word, lot of sweat. So a warm, moist hand. You're shaking hand with somebody, and somebody's hands are warm and moist. That also that doesn't mean that the girl or the guy is hot. It also means that she or she may be having hyperthyroidism. So you know those are an important ones. Uh, but very commonly we get heat intolerance, we get tremors, and we get palpitations and weight loss, abnormal weight loss. I think that's the tag we should be always using: abnormal weight loss or involuntary weight loss. in the extreme elderly they Mm -hmm. may present actually with heart failure as i said because the rates of everything is high so it may be a very silent uh, kind of uh, thyroid elderlies may not have all these things they might just come with breathlessness and heart failure swelling of the feet this is another uh, various presentation another uh, issue that may present with Thyroid, so they can go to psychiatry, they could go to dermat, they could go to gynec, they could to go to uh, some people go to oncologists thinking that because they're losing weight, they got some kind of type of cancer, they could go to an orthopedician with a fracture because hyperthyroidism bones leach out and bones become very weak. so even if so for an elderly if there is a heart failure or an abnormal heart rhythm along, with bone pains and fracture, it could be hyperthyroidism and not the disease of heart or disease of uh, bone separately. Interesting. we always try to give a disease which has got same system involvement rather than two other various
1: system involvement. Do you have a suggestion on how often you should get your thyroid blood work done?
0: Yes. So that's a million dollar question. This would depend upon what kind of thyroid disorder you have. Okay. Number one. At what stage you were diagnosed? Number two, what treatment you have chosen for that type of thyroid disorder? So there is no one thing for hypothyroid or hyperthyroid. In general, for hypothyroid, we need to get the thyroxine dose fixed for your body. That's why in the start, you may have been asked for six weeks to eight weeks. After that, three months, and then maybe once a year as per requirement. However, if the lady wants to get pregnant, the frequency may change. That's why there is no one answer for this question. If you are hyperthyroid, as I said earlier, maybe four weeks initially. In certain cases, we talk about two weeks also initially, and then maybe two months to three months as per their
1: desired
0: response, as per their suggested illnesses. So somebody with heart failure and eye disease and a fracture will be the frequency of testing would be different then compared to somebody who's got only with who got only picked up on a health check like that. But usually it may be four to six weeks or maybe two to three months in hyperthyroidism.
1: So it completely depends on the issues that you're going through at that point of time. Yes, yes, yes. One of the last questions that I had was around this word called stress. Very often stress is associated with thyroid. Stress, hogea, mm-hmm. thyroid, away, thyroid, away, stress oh gaya. People's minds it becomes one loop. What is the role of stress in all of this and how, as a doctor, do you identify stress and you know tell your patients to deal with it or you think about it?
0: Any kind of uh, disease is stressful and any kind of stress can give you a lot of diseases. It's a bidirectional uh, cycle of life. Now, as I said, treatment can be because of the disease itself. Treatment can be because of disease monitoring. Stress can be because of disease monitoring. Stress can be because of the treatment itself. Now, what does these three mean? I'll explain. A lot of people, when thyroid is affected on the mind, it is called as thyro-stress. So as I discussed with you in our first podcast of hypothyroidism, how it can the memory can come down, how there can be forgetfulness, how there can be depression, how can there be a kind of uh, irritability. And the opposite in the hyperthyroid, that there can be maniac phase, there can be... Uh, extreme uh, violent extreme anger irritability phase so both are possible so that of course is a thyroid stress that we look into from the medical side and some people because they are completely ill and hearty there is nothing from outside they feel that they should not be doing tests so often in the initial part Perhaps actually, that is the important thing that the initial part only you need to do test in first six weeks or eight weeks. So, that needs to be understood by uh, people that it is important. And stress, as such, does not cause thyroid. Stress is one of the causative factors. It can be one of the things, as I said, too much of stress, immunity reduces, then autoimmunity sets in. My first podcast again, and that's how. The immunity goes down and uh, your thyroid may come into play over there. As such, everybody needs to learn to meditate, learn to calm down whenever there is a different situation. And the important things that can help thyroid and stress are your sleep on time, sleep at night, sound sleep. Whatever work you want to do till late night, get up early and do it in the early hours of the time because the TRH from hypothalamus and the TSH from pituitary are all maximum in between morning 4 to 8 a.m. So that's the time if you are looking at thyroid and stress, that's the time. That's how you will try to get it around 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or so. So sleep is very important. And a normal routine exercise of 45 to 60 minutes, any exercise in any form is, again, very important that we should be doing, not only just from thyroid and stress point of view, but it will help you for a lot of other problems, a lot of other diseases. So I think with these two actionable things, these are important and a regular checkup that you may need to do. Your work job for thyroid is done. Maybe starting at the age of 30, if you have no problem at all, or if you have a problem, maybe at the age of puberty, maybe before that, when your height is a problem, or maybe after that, when menses are an issue, or when paternity or maternity is an issue later, then you can do it. But if everything is normal, then maybe you do once in three to five years as per your requirement. As I said, thyroid is a Pandora's box. We can talk for four days, five days together and we will not finish any or all the questions.
1: You know, I'm so happy that we did this. And like you said, we can talk for so long about the thyroid. Now someday we we must explore the other conversations as well. But this time I wanted to focus on these two, hypo and hyperthyroidism, because a lot of people write write in saying that I have a thyroid issue. And normally when you ask them what thyroid issue, they don't know whether it was hypo or not. They don't know. Right. And it blows my mind. I was like, but you know, you're doing something for it, right? They are extremely different things. So hopefully this podcast has helped demystify this. And whatever, if you do have a thyroid issue, figure out which one it is. And you can now start doing things for it. I think that is the big, big takeaway. And like you said, it's thyroid awareness month. And I think it's critical that we all become aware of it for the rest of our lives. Doctor, right. anything else you want to leave us with before we close this podcast? No, I think I've said enough. Okay, lovely. Dr. Altamash, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, How can people reach out to you, uh, connect with you if they have any further questions or any way in which they can talk to you? Uh,
0: My email, my Instagram account, Dr. Altamash Sheik.
1: That's your um, Instagram account, Dr. Altamash Sheik. Yes,
0: B-R-A-L-T-A-M-A-S-H A-I-K-H All A's. Just B E R in front.
1: Okay, perfect. Lovely. Thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. Absolutely me having you here. Sure, sure. Thank you. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram.